0: The epistle for the third Sunday after Easter is taken from the first epistle of St. Peter chapter 2. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims to refrain yourselves from carnal desires which war against the soul, having your conversation good among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by thy good works which they shall behold in you Glorify God in the day of visitation. Be ye subject, therefore, to every human creature for God's sake, whether it be to the king as excelling, or to governors as sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of the good. For so is the will of God, that by doing well you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not as making liberty a cloak for malice, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward, for this is thankworthy in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the Holy Gospel is taken from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 16. At that time, Jesus said to his disciples, a little while and you shall not see me, and again a little while and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Then some of his disciples said one to another, what is this that he saith to us? A little while and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me, and because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith a little while? We know not what he speaketh. And Jesus knew that they had a mind to ask him. And he said to them, Of this do you inquire among yourselves, because I said, A little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me. Amen, amen, I say to you, that you shall lament and weep, but the world shall rejoice. And you shall be made sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, hath sorrow, because her hour is come. But when she hath brought forth the child, she remembereth no more the anguish, for joy that a man is born into the world. So also you now indeed have sorrow. But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man shall take from you. Thus far the words of today's holy gospel. You shall be made sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Words taken from the Gospel of today's Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Which of us has not experienced the dreary routine of daily duties? The never-ending grind of seemingly insignificant occupations? going to the same job day in and day out with the constant pressure of providing food and clothing for the family, or the drudgery of unending household chores, putting the next meal on the table. Amidst such trials, one may be tempted with discouragement to ask, what is the point? I mean, what difference does all this really make? Our divine Savior knew the difficulties that we would face on our journey to heaven. He foresaw the string of small, monotonous duties that would make up our lives. He himself experienced these for 30 years during his hidden life. And so during the Last Supper, just before our Lord's passion and death, his sacred heart burning with love and compassion for us, Spoke beautiful words of comfort to prepare us for this conflict. These are the words recorded in today's gospel. He says, Amen, amen, I say to you, that you shall lament and weep, but the world shall rejoice. You shall be made sorrowful, but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. These sorrows that our Lord refers to, as Cornelius Alapide explains, are the crosses which come to us in the form of daily duties and struggles and that tend to weigh us down. Our divine Savior comforts us by the assurance that these very difficulties, our daily struggles, our daily pains, will soon be the cause of the greatest happiness for us, even in this life, but especially in heaven. For he promises your sorrow shall quickly be turned into joy. But how? How is this that these sorrows shall be turned to joy? This is because God places an inconceivable value and reward on our smallest actions when we do them for love of him. It's so hard for us to grasp this point, to understand that God prizes our routine tasks, even eating breakfast or driving to work, if we do them for love of him. We tend to estimate the value of anything by external appearances. Our first question is, how much does it cost? But God judges differently. He judges by love. This was illustrated in a most striking way to a certain man who wanted to become a saint. With this desire to become holy, he prayed every night and every day saying, what must I do to save my soul? Oh, if only I knew what God wanted me to do, I would do it. Oh my God, teach me how to become perfect. And so God who answers the prayer of every humble servant, was pleased to answer his prayer. In fact, God sent an angel from heaven to show him the best way to serve him. So the angel came and he said, follow me. The monk rose at once and he followed the angel and he brought him in the first place to a simple hut. It was the abode of a poor man and his family. The angel stood before the door of the hut, and he pointed to a little girl who was sweeping the earthen floor. She was clad in rags, but there was a pleasant smile on her countenance. She was singing joyfully, My dear Jesus, may I do all for a love of thee. Then the angel led the hermit to a great church. It was full of people who were listening to a preacher who was announcing the word of God. So powerful were his words that many of the t- people were moved to tears. At the end of the sermon, the angel said to the solitary, which of these two, the girl in the hut or the great preacher in the church, which do you think was doing the most for God? The hermit immediately answered, there can be no doubt about it. It was that eloquent preacher Who moved all those people? You are wrong, my son, said the angel. It was the little girl in the hut. The angel went on This eloquent preacher was more anxious to obtain the esteem and the applause of men than to give glory to God, while the little girl in the hut was doing all for the love of Jesus Christ. What a striking example of God's standard of judging. He valued the lowly sweeping of that little girl more than the eloquent preaching of the priest, because the girl in the hut was doing all for love of him. And he values our common duties. He values the duties we do for love of him far more than if we saved the world from destruction out of self-love. How much contentment this fact can bring to our lives. Our duties, no matter how insignificant, how boring, mean so much to God if we do them to please him. Our Lord told St. Gertrude that our least thought, even the motion of our little finger, if raised for him, will not go unrewarded. And St. Francis de Sales says that our smallest action, even if done with imperfect charity, is extremely pleasing to him, and will not go unrewarded. Besides meriting an infinite reward in heaven, performing our duties for the love of God is the secret of contentment and happiness here on earth. This does not mean that suddenly we were going to feel happy about going to work or cleaning the house. Our divine Savior himself told us, you will be made sorrowful. However, if we try to overcome our natural aversion, if we try to get up cheerfully, if we try to act cheerfully, even when we do not feel that way, our initial sorrow will be transformed into interior peace and happiness. The peace and happiness of knowing that we have given intense happiness to Jesus. I mean, think about it. Think about how many little tasks we do every day without thinking about them. How many do we perhaps grumble or complain about? If we try our best to offer each of these things cheerfully to our Lord, we will become great saints. Our efforts will win the unimaginable delights and pleasures of heaven. To be with God in the happiest of all celebrations for all eternity, to converse with him who alone really understands the longings and the desires of our hearts, who will give us, as no one else can, the love that we long and crave for, to be with him who alone perfectly understands what we want. And to obtain such bliss, God does not demand that we perform harsh penances, or terrific deeds. Let us then, my dear friends, strive to perform each of our actions for the love of God. And since we are about to enter the month of May, the month dedicated to Our Lady, let us offer each of these duties to Jesus through the hands of Mary. Before beginning a job, especially if we do not feel like doing it, Say a short prayer like to Jesus through Mary or simply Hail Mary. Or perhaps we can picture our lady beside us, helping us to do our work and fixing our mistakes, offering everything to her son. Our life is a daily struggle. We will feel sorrow and sadness But our Lord promises us that these can be the very source of the greatest joy. There is not a single thing that we do or suffer all day long, whether work, worries, or even recreation, that cannot serve to propel us to the heights of sanctity and the joys of heaven. If we offer them to God through Our Lady, It is love that transforms what is ordinary into precious jewels. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.